Howdy, this is Grant Cole in Houston. This is Rick Collins in Dallas. And I'm Dustin Zare in Austin. Thanks for joining Texas Rugby Monthly. Everybody, welcome back to Texas Rugby Monthly. Uh, man, it's been a month. A lot has gone on in the world of rugby, uh, but nobody cares about the world of rugby. All we care about is Texas rugby. Our Texas. Our Texas. The, the Yeehaw Texas. <laughs> uh, lots to talk about, though. That it, it's a. There's been a lot that's been going on. There's a lot that happened the day that we record this podcast. Um, and uh, sorry. Brick, I didn't. I, I wasn't going to throw you under the bus so far, uh, but yes, it'll be okay. I promise. the The world will keep on spinning. Things things will happen. But since we got so much to talk about, we want to get right to it. Grant, who do we got coming on for the first time ever onto the podcast today? So, so we have um, an ex, a, a distinguished guest. I was going to say extinguished, but extinguished. No, it's a distinguished. We, put, we, we put a fire <laughs> out on him. Yeah. Yeah. He's hot. <laughs> he, he is Kirk Tate, first and perhaps last of his name, builder of rugby fields, coach of the game, leader of clubs, unions, and committees, patron of youth rugby, wearer of the biggest hats, and the third of my four favorite Longhorns. <laughs> Absolutely, Kurt. Welcome, welcome to the show, man. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me, guys. Wait, wait, wait. So you have four favorite Longhorns, and he's only the third. Yes. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you after know. Matthew McConaughey, who's the other one? No, no, no. Oh. Matthew McConaughey is not even on my list. I, I got it. Frank, Frank uh, Doby and Burt Breathed. Yep. <laughs> yep. Miller. Frank Go, Jay Frank Doby and Burt Breathed, and then and then Earl Campbell's the fourth. Oh, Earl Campbell, Earl the Pearl, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, uh, Kurt, thanks for joining us. We 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 do greatly appreciate it. Um, taking time out of your your day to talk to <laughs> three guys that really just shoot <laughs> shoot the shit all the time, anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Yes. <laughs> that's rugby, uh, right? That's rugby. That's right. Um, that's rugby. So for for those who uh, don't know you and who only got a piece of the distinguished and extinguished uh, synopsis <laughs> that Grant gave. Uh, to, why don't you tell everybody who you are and, and your role and why why you're on Texas Rugby Monthly? Sure. Well, I'm currently the president of the Texas Rugby Union. It just started my third term. Um, I'm also chair of the USA Rugby Club Council. and. Uh, the head coach of St. Edwards University. But uh, in the past, I've coached the Austin Huns, the San Marcos Grays, uh, <clears throat> played for the Austin Blacks, played for University of Texas, played for the Huns, and have been involved in Texas rugby since 1983. Wow. That's a, that's a pretty good resume. I don't mean... I, I can't I can't compete with that at it's all. all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I mean, but it's very limited to this very special area we like to call Eastern California. <laughs> wow. Wow. Ooh. We, we just we just lost oh, I'm sorry. I can't do this any longer. I'm sorry. There we go. We, we just lost that. Oh man. Oh. oh wow. He did that. Man, he did that. Now a little better. 
Now he feels better with his <laughs> with his Quinn's jersey on, even though he had the, the good old Austin Elite jersey on there for a minute. <laughs> uh, I, I, I played against the Quinn's a timer twenty. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Kurt, you know, this year has been we, we talked about it briefly right at the top. I said, you know, a lot has been going on. Um not much has been going on for you in the year of rugby, has it? <laughs> uh, t- I, no, go ahead. I was going to say, tell, tell us yeah, about it, what it's, it's been, been like. Uh, it's been a crazy year off the field. Um, you know, obviously on the field, we've been shut down for coming up on 12 months. But uh, off the field, let's see, uh, you know, USA Rugby went bankrupt, reorganized, uh, came out of bankruptcy. Um, we've, uh, you know, had, uh, you know, MLR is continued to grow uh you know there's just a lot going on in rugby it's just been uh for us administrators focusing on you know keeping the game alive and and keeping the the training programs and coach education programs and administrative things that have to get done going so that hopefully when this pandemic ends we can get back on the field and uh and go back to work yeah yeah absolutely how has, has it been kind of, you know, what's been the biggest, I guess, initially, what was the biggest challenge? I mean, not in my mind, I'm thinking, holy crap, we've got to figure out what's going on with all these games that are, was it March or end of February, beginning of March when everything started just compiling, you know, is it crisis management mode that you're trying to put people in instantly? Well, to be honest, um, the early part of the pandemic was probably the easiest part because we didn't know how long it was going to last. And uh, the state was shutting things down. Everybody was shutting things down. And so it was really just a matter of saying, hey, guys, we can't play right now. Um, we'll let you know when we can. And, uh, you know, we're going to cancel these games for the time being. And it wasn't a, a terribly complicated uh uh, situation. And that was all being overshadowed by at that time, the problems that USA rugby was having, um, money that USA rugby owed to the unions that we were trying to, to collect. Um, you know, there were a lot of very big things on our plate and the pandemic felt like just a minor inconvenience. Um, where the pandemic got difficult is coming into the fall. And since then, when Everybody is eager to get back on the field, and we're trying to figure out how we can do that safely, when we can do that safely, keeping everybody engaged, but uh, encouraging everybody to stay safe. And uh, that's been where the, the pandemic situation has really been difficult, has been in the management over the last six months, not the first six. Yeah. I would say, you know, the protocol seems to be one of the most difficult things to handle because we've never had to deal with protocol involving any sort of pandemic, right? We've canceled games before uh, because of weather. We've, you know, postponed things. But when you start talking about having to test players or um, have them fill out forms or waivers, uh, that seems like a much more difficult uh, situation. How has that been handled for TRUs? Well, it is a very difficult situation. And honestly, it's really on the clubs to manage that 
process uh, themselves as a volunteer organization that covers four states in a region bigger than France. Um, you know, we don't have the personnel to go around and train or enforce uh, clubs, you know, the, these these protocols with clubs. So we really have to rely on being a source of information and to try and, uh, you know, provide clubs with resources so that they can do the best for their members. And Kirk, you've definitely done that. I mean, the TRU has been uh, has set the benchmark for how unions should communicate with their members, especially not not just before this year, but keeping that up during the pandemic from not just the uh, union, but also the uh, the competitions committee and even the uh, Texas Rugby Referees Association really did a bang up job keeping communications going during all this time when most people just aren't doing anything. So um, in light of that, I want to know what's the most surprising issue that came out of the pandemic stand down or, or and might we see something even more surprising than that? Well, um, you know, it's all been a surprise uh, in particular, how long it's lasted and um, just how difficult it is to nail down what's going on. Um, the, you know, the thing that has really come forward is that it is very much a local problem and it varies. And so, you know, I think 10 days ago, the parks in Dallas were all closed and you couldn't get a field, even if, even if we were wide open for play. Um and in two weeks, that might be San Antonio. Uh, right now, Abilene's at a 100% hospital bed utilization. Um, and a month ago, there wasn't a, a, a big issue. So we can't really, it's been really difficult to say, here is where the Texas Rugby Union is at. Because the question really is, where in the Texas Rugby Union are you? And what is your situation in your locale today, which might not be the same a week from now, might not be the same a month from now. And so we haven't really been able to say, hey, Texas Rugby Union, here's the status. Yeah. Because it there really isn't yeah, a so status. There are many statuses. I know, I know that for... Uh, um, you our division for Lone Star Conference that we have um, off in East Texas, they're able to play. They basically you know, the entire time because they don't have the same um, shutdown issues that major cities have had, right? It's major cities have struggled through this more than rural areas. But looking at, you know, not just the the game on the field, but TRU as a whole, how is TRU healthy right now? Are are we growing? Do we have the revenue to push and and do things we want to do in the future? Sure, uh, we're fine financially. So um, we had managed to collect pretty much a hundred percent of our budgeted dues last year when things shut down, and we have been running with almost a year's worth of cash in reserve in the bank for years now and our primary uh, about 65% of our annual expenditures are on referees which you're not spending if you don't have games so 
we're in a fine shape financially. Um, where I think the bigger concern is is in terms of player retention and the growth of the game. Uh, in that regard, we have about 2,600 members, and currently we have about 100 members registered. Whereas this time last year, we would have had 2,600 registered. And that's because why would a young person spend uh, $100 if there's no rugby to be played? Yeah. Um, I think that for players who are in the middle of their college career or players who are in the middle of their club career, they're all going to come back. Uh, my concern is with players who are at those transition points, graduating high school and going to college, graduating college, going to club, or players who are in that just one more season mode at the back end of their club career. You know, we know players can ride that just one season train for five, seven, eight years, <laughs> but once they stop for a year or two years, coming back yeah. is, is is a real hill to climb. So yeah. and, and this I, is giving them a chance to uh to recover you know yeah. they've got a year of recovery so some of those players are definitely going to want to come back after yeah. not hitting the field for a year so i think we've always had our highest attrition at those transition points when you <laughs> matriculate from one age group to another and i expect that that to be exacerbated by the by the pandemic um but I think that's going to be a temporary effect. I think that, you know, we'll have a, a lost year of, of high school seniors and college seniors that we really see drop off, but that'll come back and we'll get the game growing again. I'm, I'm confident there isn't, you know, I hear people say, oh my gosh, people are going to find other things to do, but there really isn't anything there's analogous nothing, to nothing else to do. <laughs> well, that, you that, know? there's nothing to do right now anyway. What do you, stay, well, stay, and, stay at home and play video games is about you know, the thing. That uh, is. <laughs> uh, team contact, yeah, team full contact sports with the yeah. camaraderie and the culture that rugby has. There just isn't anything else like out there like it. So I think that in the long run, I think that we'll come out of this last twelve months or this this period stronger than ever with. USA Rugby getting back on a strong financial footing and, uh, you know, hopefully the MLR getting fired up again. I think that the future's bright, but uh, we're in a, you know, we're in a tunnel right now and we got to, we got to get ourselves through the other side. Yeah. Do, do you think that, you know, you talked about, you know, the financial issues with USA Rugby have been prevalent and it's talked about mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> till the cows come home on so many different channels. Um, do you think that this year kind of, well, we'll call it a year because it's been a year, this year off of rugby kit has helped them. Like the, have they reached out to you? Have you been working with them? I know that everybody's siloed into their own, you know, for the most part into their own different unions. Are you guys working closely, a little more closely with them, given the financial past that they've had in order to help build a stronger USA rugby oh, organization? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So the, the club council is uh, basically like a, um, I, I sort of compare it to an association of governors, of state governors. The senior club council is made up of the 19 geographic union presidents in the United States. So Texas, Midwest, Southern California, Northern California, and so forth. And we, uh, as a council, have, uh, under the new bylaws, the, 
have been able to appoint a representative to the USA Rugby Board and a representative to every USA Rugby Standing Committee, including things like audit and risk, diversity and inclusion, referees and laws, et cetera. And the same goes for the College Council and the Youth Council. So we actually have more grassroots representation in the decision-making bodies of USA Rugby than we've ever had before. Um, and so I think that uh, we are in a position to really have the national governing body be more responsive to the grassroots than maybe it has been in uh, a while. The flip side of that, though, of, of those financial difficulties in the reorganization is that there are some services that USA Rugby used to provide that they either can no longer provide, financially speaking, or that a decision was made that it made more sense for us to handle that ourselves, being closer to the to the coal face, as it were. Yeah. So things like uh, running a national championships, um, which this year obviously is 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 you know uh, not going to be what it has been in years past. But eventually, we'll get back to a normal competition structure yeah. and running those national championships instead of that being an event that is put on by USA rugby that's going to be an event that the unions get together organize and put on ourselves and that will involve uh you know some learning curves and some challenges and some new funding models that uh you know we'll have to put in place to handle that but it is uh, it's it's not a bad thing. I look at it as an opportunity to structure those things in a way that makes sense for for us. Yeah. Interesting. So, Kirk, um, you know, you've talked about the changes occurred due to the decentralization of USA Rugby. How are some of these changes strengthening the national union as a whole? And I, you know, and 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 how is that being received at the local unions? Especially, you know, those of us who have been around for a while and remember the uh, TUs and the LAU structures when there was a lot of strength there before. What is, how are those changes being received? Received in terms of, well, I think the unions are, uh, we've, we've received it well. Um, we had a lot of concerns in the past about uh, not having that that voice or that connection to the national governing body. You know, there was a one person club department. And then when he got let go, there was no club department. You know, um, they, they had rolled out a strategic plan that in 20 pages, I think mentioned club rugby exactly once before the, uh, you know, before the, the, bankruptcy and the reorganization. So it was really clear that USA Rugby, as it was previously structured, did not place an emphasis on the, the adult club game. Um, and, you know, the argument was always it may, you know, that the youth were the future, but who coaches and administers <laughs> and referees and funds yeah. and who are the parents of those youth players. Well, guess what? It's yeah. folks from the club community. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you neglect your membership, I mean, what's going to happen yeah. there. <laughs> so um, I feel like we're, we're in a lot better place in uh, we're in a, we're in a place of opportunity to make those changes going forward. But 
we got a lot of work to do because USA Rugby is is just come out of bankruptcy. They don't have resources. Their staff is about a quarter of what it was two years ago. Um, so, and not just USA Rugby, but every national rugby union around the world and world rugby and you know i'm including new zealand australia england everybody around the world is in a really tough financial place in the game right now especially so, after this past year too with, with, with yeah. all this so we're COVID, so. all we're all in a in a play in a position of of we can choose to look at this as an opportunity or we can choose to look at this as a disaster. And uh, I think, you know, looking at it as an opportunity is the only sensible way to go. Yeah, I think the disaster part of it's already passed and we need to figure out what's next. How are we going to go yeah. forward from it? Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's. I, yeah. From a club ahead. perspective, I think one of the things that may really help us in Texas is the idea that uh we're going to have control over competition structure and in the club game, we're going to have control over eligibility rules, discipline, be able to structure some procedures and processes that are more appropriate to what we do than what was being handed down to us uh, from on high. And I think that uh, we'll see a little bit more flexibility in terms of player movement, a little bit more flexibility in terms of creating competitions that make sense for that locale versus competitions that are being shoehorned into a top-down national structure. Hmm. Um, and I think we'll, things will be a little less uniform across the country in the sense that different unions may have their own ways of, of handling things. But I think we look at that as, as strength rather than, than a problem. Yeah. Well, I think that, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. I was was wondering, you know, with that, with that little, uh, that bit of autonomy to the GUs, uh, will, will we be, will we see like memorandums of understanding or agreements as to how discipline and competitions and things like that will be handled between those GUs, such as if a club from one GU travels to another, a guy gets a red card, how is that going to be handled disciplinary wise? I mean, are those, are those the types sure. of things we'll see? Yeah, absolutely. And we have a disciplinary committee uh, that's headed up by Megan Braun out of the Midwest. We've got our eligibility committee that's headed by Tam Breckenridge, who handled the old USA eligibility mm-hmm. committee as a chair. Um, uh, Eric Geib is running our competitions committee. So, you know, we have committees set up that are reviewing all of those things. And you haven't heard a lot about it because we've been, one, creating new structures, and two, we haven't been on the field. So, you know, you have, nobody's had to engage with those processes. Um, but, uh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm hopeful that we will move towards, um, uh, you know, a process that is really focused first and foremost on removing barriers to participation um, you know, and setting a bar that you need in order to do A, B, and C, as opposed to setting a trigger for disqualification if you do A, B, and C. You know, right now we have rules that are triggers. And if you step on that 
tripwire, then a bad thing happens. And you're it's incumbent upon you to know what all the tripwires are and avoid them. And instead, I would like to have bars and say, okay, we have to clear this standard in order to do X. We have to clear that standard in order to do Y, in order to do Y. That way we're always driving people forward and upward rather than you know, knocking people back. Yeah. And in this discussion, what we started having these discussions three or four years ago about getting it into this, into this place right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but, but we haven't got all that done yet. I mean, no, but at least we're going to, yeah. And we're going to have to figure out, you know, as with all of these processes, you, you change some things and then you realize that, okay, three of those things worked. One of those might work, but it's got to be different. And two of them were a terrible idea. And we got to undo those and go back and try again. You know, that's that's the nature of the beast. Um, and part of the problem with our regs as they were is that they were all designed with the best possible intentions, but they had organically evolved with, you know, oiling one squeaky wheel after another into a hodgepodge that was difficult. Yeah. So, um, I know, I know that we've been dusting. What do you got to say? You got, I've got no, one okay. more no, question. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I, I've got a question. I was just looking like, Hey, where, where do we go from here within the state of Texas and the TRU sure. and play in 2021? But no, okay. If you got another question, go for it. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm <laughs> that. That'll play yeah. into mine. That'll play into yours. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you're talking about what's coming down the road mm-hmm. for, from a USA rugby standpoint and how the GUs, you know, fit into that. But obviously without any play on the field right now, we're still kind of just right. sitting here. He said a lot of back office stuff. So I guess, you know, per the last meeting notes, and I think we we have the last meeting notes, but you just had a meeting recently. Uh, we it? did. Y- y- yesterday. Or so, or, yeah. <laughs> but, well, if you're watching this and listening to it, it was last week. Uh, so <laughs> sure. It's already out. But I, I guess, you know, where are you at, you know, as far as TRU, obviously COVID is still rearing its evil head right. throughout the state. Um, you know, so what, what, where are you guys at and, and what's going to happen yeah. over the next couple of weeks and months? So we've got, we've got three things that are going on right now. One, we were looking at a February start and we've pushed that into March. Um, and mainly that's because we've had some regions where teams couldn't get on the field. And, you know, as I alluded to earlier, different hot spots in different places. And we, one, can't run a fair competition if not everyone can play, uh, not a union-wide competition. And two, we don't want to create a competitive pressure that will encourage teams to uh, be careless play when they really shouldn't or when they don't feel like they should travel to, from, or through hot spots when it it would not be prudent to do so. Um, So we've postponed the start of formal competition into March. Um, We are working and and it may be out by the time this uh, airs, but uh, we're working on a procedure where in the meantime, Clubs can apply for a waiver from the standard stage four restrictions to get approval to play based on their local conditions 
being conducive to, to playing regular rugby. So if you're a club that's in, I mean, we alluded to East Texas earlier. If you're a club that's in a place where COVID is really not a serious problem, where everybody is active um, and you are playing against an opponent who can safely uh, uh, come to you and, and play, then we'll have a set of criteria that you can go through to apply and make that game happen. Um, so that folks who are in places that are locked down can be safe and not suffer a competitive penalty. And folks who are in places where uh, things are open, they can play. And um, we can have some you know, control over what those protocols look like when they do. As opposed to just saying, it's open, it's the Wild West, Use your best judgment. Do what you want. Um, then the the third thing is because the season at this point, the competitive season, is now being delayed to the point where we canceled it last season. Um, we are going to uh, reduce the dues. Right now, um, members who are just training, they don't pay any TRU dues. They just pay the USA Rugby training fee, which mainly just covers insurance and a small bit of overhead uh, to, to be training. And then they would only have had to pay the full TRU dues when competition started and they registered to, to pay, you know, play full competition rugby. Um, we've only had about a hundred people pay that out of 2,600 that we'd normally expect. So we'll be giving a credit to those folks who have, uh, you know, paid that full dues already. And then for those who are in a place where they're able to go and play rugby right now, they'll be able to register as a full member at a reduced rate. Hmm. And that reduced rate will still be enough for us to pay the referee fees and provide the services for the games that we anticipate we might be able to have this spring. Um, but it'll, it'll cut that, that cost in half um to to members who who want to go and do that and then we may look at that again if uh things are delayed further and um you know and potentially waive it all together but uh right now we've yeah. collected about five thousand dollars in dues when we normally collect about one hundred and ten thousand. so kurt so speaking to that um i know this is the question at all club rugby players, members, um, you know, want to ask you, which is what's the risk of club rugby being done before the end of February, the entire season being done? Are we on red alert at this point? That's a great question. Um, I think that we are going to have clubs who are going to be able to play some rugby this spring. I think it's going to be dependent on local conditions. As far as the actual season, uh, we have set a drop dead date to make that determination. I believe it's March 1st. I'll have to double check that. It'll be in our minutes. Um, but uh, we've set a drop dead date to basically say on that date, we're going to look at it and either say we can go forward with the competition or not. If we cannot go forward with the competition, then we are looking at organizing uh, local tournaments in the various regions um, that would take into account local conditions and, you know, basically get some rugby out there for the people who are able to play rugby um, regardless. So I think there will be some rugby this spring. 
exactly how much and exactly what that rugby looks like, um, that's going to vary by location and by conditions. That's a gut-wrenching uh, uh, realization there. And, and you guys can't have come by that decision easily. No, you know, and it's, and we're not alone, right? I mean, it's, it's no. that way all over the country. Um, you know, Rocky Mountain is completely shut down. They've already, several regions have already canceled their seasons for the year. Um, you know, there are other unions where they've already just said, yeah, it's not happening this year. It's done. Um, we have deliberately taken the approach of not canceling things, but choosing to postpone and to keep them on the calendar, keep them on the schedule for as long as possible. The theory behind that is that it is a lot easier to cancel something at the last minute if conditions don't allow than it is to spin up a season out of whole cloth because things got better right. sooner than you expected. Yeah, And especially when you've got clubs that need to reserve fields, You've got clubs that need to make facilities arrangements. Um, so we we have even going all the way back to last summer and and not canceling our annual development summit until three four weeks out. Um, you know, it was keep the reservation for the hotels, the fields, the ballroom, everything for that <laughs> event, the meeting rooms for that event, as long as possible because if things clear up, you're not going to suddenly create a, an event, you know, in, in a yeah. matter of a couple of weeks. Yeah. And so Absolutely. we've, we've continued to adopt that approach while some unions have just said, look, it's done and canceled it. You know, we've, we've kept those things on the schedule. And I know to some folks, it feels like we're stringing them along, but our feeling is that what we're really doing is preserving the possibility that we'll be able to play. Yeah, man, that's a. Yeah, and who knows? In in April, May, if the vaccinations are out, some you know small fifteens tournaments uh, in the major cities, um, and in prep for sevens, right? I mean, sure. at this point, I think a lot of people's feeling is we need to get and play so that people are ready for seven season, right? Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, and another thing, you know, we talked about in very own local conditions. We also didn't talk about the politics, you know, I mean, Oklahoma has worse infection rates than Texas and they're like, what's COVID? Wait, uh, you, mean, you mean politics are involved in, in things that go on within you know, so the union? <laughs> you know, you know, and, and, and no, Austin, no. Austin can be on lockdown with, uh, and Dallas can be open or, or Houston can be open with, uh, you know, half the infection rate or half the hospitalization rate. Yeah. So we're, we're really, uh, you know, at the mercy of, of those local conditions. Yeah. And so we're going to try and, uh, we're try and move forward so that the people who are able to play and feel comfortable playing will be able to do so. And uh, the folks who can't play or don't feel comfortable playing won't be suffering some sort of competitive penalty or forfeits or fines or anything because, you know, their conditions or, or their judgment doesn't 
doesn't include going out and playing rugby right now. Yeah, I think it's a great plan. Yeah, it's a, it's the plan that we got to have right now. And it's, you know, I, I, I commend you guys for making those hard decisions. I, you know, it, it is, it, it's, it's something that we're just all kind of dealing with and to, to be thrown into this, you know, <laughs> you know, 12 months ago and all the craziness that's happened since then. I think yeah. it's, it's been, it's been something for you guys for sure. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, for, for every club that is like, this is ridiculous and this is stupid. Why aren't we playing rugby? There's another club that's saying, this is ridiculous. Why are we even talking about playing rugby? Yep, exactly. Um, and so, you know, a big key was to just let go of the idea that we're going to make everybody happy. Yep. Can't make everybody yep. happy all the time, right? No. <laughs> Can't make so. them happy, but we can let them live. Oh, yeah, we can. Yeah, exactly. We can make our wives happy all the time. And on that note, um, we'll call <laughs> so, Hey, Kirk, I, I really do appreciate you coming on. Um, obviously, we could go on for, you know, hours talking about, you know, this status. And um, the, you know, one of my questions that I didn't ask, but, you know, for another time talking about, you know, state championships versus national championships and the and the removal of a national championship, which Grant and I have talked about before. Uh, you know what that means? It just means we'll have to invite him back on again. We'll just have to have him come back yeah. on and, and talk a little rugby. I don't know. Kirk, if you're okay with that, you know, we'll, we'll have you come back and, and chat. Absolutely. And, that's probably, a, and, that's a, and that's a fun topic that oh, we can get into some heated red face I'm arguments sure, about. I'm sure we could have some very, well, you know, th th there's, there's that, there's talking about things like that but there's also talking about you know how the tru and mlr working together with local clubs and the building of things like what's going on in houston with you know um that's yeah. gonna be that, that, that's that'll something be, that is that'll be a great discussion a, yeah that could be a really <laughs> great discussion um we are the only gu with three mlr franchises yeah and sure uh, and, yeah and, and and we year. are the for next year for next yeah. year <laughs> and and we're the and we're one of the few gus with a functioning division one competition yeah a strong strong so, division one competition. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so we're we are in, um, you know, when you talk about things like national championships uh, versus state championships and so forth, um, Texas is not like a lot of the rest of the country. Yeah. Um, uh, before the pandemic, there were five clubs in the country that were fielding teams in all three divisions and four of them were in Texas. Yeah. Well, so uh, th th there, there you go. Lots, lots more to talk about. We're different. I, 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 yeah, we are different. Everything will all, all rugby in the U.S. will run through Texas. <laughs> that's that's my thought. Is so. <laughs> but Kirk, right here, Kirk. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's why we do this. That's why we do this every month. So, uh, and and it's fun. But hey, Kirk, do greatly appreciate. It. Thanks for coming on. Much, yeah, uh, much obliged. Uh, we look forward to having you back on again in the future. Um, Stay tuned, everybody. After a short break, we'll come back with all the things going on in Houston, Austin, and Dallas. Ugh. Ugh. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. We greatly appreciate you listening to us, watching us, wherever you're tuning in from. Uh, we also appreciate having Kirk paid on. I mean, man, we could 
talk for hours. I mean, hours with Kirk. So I think it's uh, it's good stuff. I look forward to chatting with him and look forward to what's going to happen uh, with the TRU and look forward to some of the stuff that we're going to uh, hopefully see maybe in March. I don't know with COVID stuff. We'll see. We'll see. We're going to go around the horn as we, we heard go. March 1st. What's that? March 1st. Decision time. March 1st. <laughs> uh, we're going to go around the horn as, as we always do talk about each one of the cities and things that are happening. Uh, we're going to let Dallas go last today um, in, 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 in memorium. Um, and, and All right. I'm just going to hang out here. Just hang out there. You just have a beer. Yeah, so. Eastern, we're going we're, we're to let Eastern California go first, right? <laughs> yeah, Eastern California. That's uh, <laughs> That'd be Austin for everybody uh, kind of holding on to. <laughs> um, so for me, you know, really two two things. There's not, not a whole lot going on. We're all getting prepared. Um, it, it is exciting for those of you that follow Austin on social media and everything um, right now, what you've seen is a lot of the players are joining uh, the team. A lot of them are coming into their COVID pods per se. Um, we have uh, we've seen a lot of the international visa players start arriving. So that's that's pretty exciting. I do know that there are still more announcements for one or two more players that might be joining, which is really exciting. Um, you know, lots of lots of rumors around there. I won't get. We're not going to get into rumors today because, again, I don't want to get in trouble again. So, um, didn't didn't get a didn't get a uh, in trouble, but just like, hey, hold off on the rumors. But <laughs> so we won't talk about that. Um, but it is exciting to hear some of the people who are coming and coming back to Austin. Um, the second thing that I got is probably one of the best things, not only for Austin, but for MLR in general. And that is that Austin secured a TV deal with KXAN um, and their, and their sub channel KBVO. Um, and for those of you that don't know, uh, or who are different areas of Texas, KXAN is NBC affiliate. And if you've been watching any television in Austin, watching, you know, major, uh, not major league soccer, but premiership soccer, um, you've seen, tons of commercials for the Austin Gilgronies. And that's why is because they have secured a partnership with them. I do know that they have also secured a large uh, Jersey sponsor and a large actual partner in, in the city itself. Uh, so that also is very exciting. I can't wait for them to announce that um, pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good stuff there. So that's, what's it exciting. Is, it for, is great stuff. It, it's, it's fantastic. You know, if you look back at, you know, a couple years, you know, we, I think Austin was the only one who who was doing all of their games solely on Facebook watch. Um, you know, they had the ESPN plus, but it was kind of the partnership, but they were doing a lot of their games with Facebook watch to know that not only are we on KXEN KBVO, but we're also, they're also going to have um, what I understand to be a weekly program dedicated um, for rugby in Austin. Um, we talked with Dan Power on the uh, Austin Rugby Podcast last week, and he also has mentioned that they're going to be doing a weekly program and probably going to be doing that out of Austin as well. So lots of good things coming out of Austin as far as production, as far as getting the name out there, as far as I mean, really just promoting rugby to non-rugby fans, which is good because that is how we grow people and fans. And that's how we grow interest in the sport. So that's kind of my big one uh, tied with that. Coach Harris is going to be on uh, KXAN this Friday um, on Studio 512. So we'll post all the links on social media where we can. Um, and, and really looking forward to that. So I think, I mean, not a whole lot going on. Players are, players are coming in. TV sponsorships are being announced. That's pretty awesome. So that's, that's kind of what I got here. 
that not not a whole lot else uh, down here in in eastern California, uh, south southeastern California, like technically, we're just kind of like southeast. Yeah. I would I would say before today, the news of that TV contract for Austin might have been the biggest news in Major League Rugby. Maybe in the off season for Major League Rugby, it, it probably could be. Just, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, those kind of things take really, a lot of work. Yeah, for people who are not big rugby fans but are, are flipping through the channels to catch it on yeah. a local channel, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, we t- I talked about it with Dan Power, and and Dan, God love him for being a Gilgroniac and you know heart and soul into it. Um, you know, basically what we said is just turn on the television. If you're not going to be able to watch the game live, just turn it on. So you get the viewership numbers up because that's what we want to see. So if you're watching, you're listening, if you're going to watch any major league rugby game, even if you can't watch it, no matter where you are in the state of Texas or even in the country, if you're listening from outside, just turn on a game and watch it. Just turn it on. Let it play in the background. If you've got something to do, you know, you're taking care of your kid. You're taking care of your dog. Go do that. Like, don't don't sit down and <laughs> and just wait for uh, the game to show. Watch it. Turn it on live so we get those numbers up. Uh, tied with that. And I completely forgot this. And you'll probably get more of this in the next uh, next episode that, that we talk about. Um, Austin has kind of a new general manager uh, of the organization. His name is Mike Sheehan. Um, and... Uh, Matt Burgess. Uh, yeah, it's kind of been subtle. It was actually in the press release too. So I was just going back through that press release beforehand. Um, so Mike has tons of experience, got some good experience, good background um, and as, as a general manager and definitely focused on building those partnerships. Um, you know, Matt Burgess, uh, his wife is actually uh, having having a child back in Australia. So rather than spending all his time here, um, like he was last year, um, he's going to be back in Australia, still kind of around working with um, Royals LLC. But uh, they brought on Mike Sheehan and I, I got a chance to meet him about two weeks ago. Man, cool dude. Look forward to what he's going to come out with. So that's what we got in Austin. Grant, over to you, man. Man, uh, so, you know, not a whole lot of stuff going on over here in Houston. Uh, the big news is that they have uh, finally laid the the uh, slab for the gymnasium that'll be on the northeast corner of the uh, pad, uh, 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 just north of practice field one. So uh, there'll be a gymnasium there for the players with a couple of offices in, in there. So really good stuff there coming out of that. Uh, we have re-signed uh, Taylor Howden, Diego Magno, and Adrian Boyson. Uh, Taylor's a big deal. He's also our youth coach as well as our backs coach on the rugby HTX side. And uh, he provides, you know, he's the general. If you look at the teams he's been on, the Aviators, the Gold, now coming to, now coming here to uh, Houston, been here a while. And this, this is his home away from New Zealand. This is where he came to when he came from New Zealand, came up through the Katie Barbarians program before he moved on into uh, into the rest of his rugby. So it's nice to see Taylor come back home and, and be a what looks like to be a franchise man uh, with the Cats. Uh, Diego Magno, of course, I mean, 92 caps for Uruguay. Uh, there's not a whole lot of players in the MLR that, say that, that can even say they have 50. 
So that's a big deal. And uh, then Adrian Boyson, uh, he was a big deal for us at eight, at number eight last year, allowed us to have some of our our quicker and bigger guys at seven and six. And, and, and he just does a, a bang up job at eight. And then coming into wing is Paula, uh, Paula Bellicana. And Paula is from Suvi, uh, Suvi Fiji, Suva Fiji. And uh, last played his rugby uh, at Zebra in the pro 14. So uh looks like we have a pretty high powered wing coming in there. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, just, uh, just speaking of Zebra, like a f- former Austin player last year, uh, Potule Avasa, like he got, he just signed with, with Zebra. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Potu you know, was a solid player for us last year. So that, that was unfortunate to see him leave. But again, to kind of see that change, like I, I think we'll see a lot more of this in the next years. Like I, I just think that, some of these guys playing pro 14 playing, you know, Curry cup. I, I, I'm just, you know, we're going to well, see more if, and more if, influence. If the MLR is smart, they'll look at what pro 14, the, the Japan top 14, top 14. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The prototype have done. And in order to bring players in and say, okay, what are they doing? That's making that, that is bringing these, next gen players in the guys who are on the bubble for the, for the big leagues and, you know, could actually punch above their weight if they give in the chance. Oh, absolutely. And if, if MLR is smart, they figure out how to do that, bring those players in and not just be a place for, you know, some marquee guys to do their twilight tour on, yeah. but be a place to where, Hey, this is the toughest rugby on the planet. We all know Prodata some of the hardest hitting toughest rugby you know out there japan rugby is very fast very fluid you have to i mean you're, you're yeah. playing a running game so at those levels that's that's where i think the mlr should want itself to yeah. be yeah I, I think honestly i think we're top 14 right now is probably the closest you know if i'm gonna attach my you know mlr chain to to mm-hmm. one you look at the 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 growth trajectory of top 14, just from a, from a business standpoint, it's light, it's light years ahead of some of these other leagues. Yeah. I'm granted, you know, premiership's been around for years, but the, the exponential growth of that top 14, um, it r- directly resulted in the impact of the Japanese team and the quality of play in Japan. Yes. They have tons and tons and tons of money there. Uh, <laughs> so we, we can't deny that, but I think that, yeah, I, I love seeing so, that. I love that fast place, fast paced play. Sweet. So, we expect about four to five more signings with the cats to be announced this month. Um, and, and so that'll be interesting, but oh, nice. I think that's been, uh, overshadowed yeah. by something that happened in Dallas. Rick, how was your day to day? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, today's date is Tuesday, January 9th. It is roughly around seven thirty in the evening. Um, <laughs> a few hours ago, January nineteenth. Oh, what I say, ninth, nineteenth. Shit. On yeah. <laughs> I, I bet the Jackals wish it was January 9th. <laughs> Period. Um. Yeah. So, um. You know, the Harlequins and the Reds are really putting together some squads to play. No, 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 no. Maybe if if TRU allows rugby, uh, we're hoping that March first drop deadline doesn't. You know, happen with <laughs> zero rugby being played for the rest of the year. For us. Um, yeah, uh huh. So, so, so oh, that happened. Oh, yeah, the Reds. Okay, cool. 
So, so what's what's going what on? Dark? What's going on over dark? Arlington? Uh, they announced that um, they will for twenty twenty one in terms of playing. They're looking towards twenty twenty two as their inaugural year. Uh, it's it's the worst tease in all of sports history. Oh my gosh! We're involved in the original organization of MLR, and of course, every year. Dallas is supposed to be one of the new teams joining. Yeah. And we've got a club coming in. We have all these signings. I mean, really one of the best off seasons and you know, in terms of just uh publicity. Uh social media was off the charts for us this year. Um, and then just they come in to slap us in the face and say, you know. This isn't happening. It's yeah. not right now. We don't know. Like I, I, the ticket sales guy is telling me, you know, keep your money in. You'll be on the priority list for next year. I was like, whatever. I'll keep my deposit in. Hopefully, uh, we'll have a season next year. But it's just it seems like every year it's just a slap in the face to us that we don't have a team playing. Yeah, uh, I think, man, I think for you guys, really. It, it, it's not just yeah. In previous seasons, it was kind of like a tease of like, oh, Dallas may get a team this year. But I mean, this year, I mean, let, let's talk about it. You have Pat. You had your Paladin jerseys. You had all of your kits. You have gear. Like you were full announcement. You were part of the schedule. I have jerseys. I mean, you I have, haven't even gotten my hair yet. They're on their way. Yeah, from rugby shop. I almost I can't do. It. I, I'm half tempted. I'm half tempted just to order one just in case they don't ever come because that's what happened with the herd gear. Like I never got one of those. Like I wanted one of those black jerseys and I am literally tempted right now to go it's buy. It's like a limited edition. At a boy. <laughs> What's that? So, Is that a limited so, edition jersey? No, 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 no. That, that one, that one was fine. That was season two, right? Oh, I was okay. talking about okay. the very, very limited, like week long Austin herd, like oh, the, okay. with the, with the bowl in the front and the, the craziness. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like that was a slick, you know, I'm touting some of them. Anyway, that was a nice jersey. Um, so I hate, I hate to be that guy. But I, I, I will remind you guys that I said that I won't believe that the Jackals <laughs> are going to have a season until there's a field, a team on the field, the field. in front of the lights. Yep, exactly. I do remember <laughs> that. We'll, we'll, I'll try to go find that clip if we know what month that we, we put that in. And, um, and I think it was that part of like, the first episode. We have one of the largest supporters groups in all of MLR on Facebook. We, had, we have 1,200 people. All in, in Dallas? Seventy-five percent <laughs> in Dallas. There you go. <laughs> like, That's a, and then I mean, there's like a thirty percent in this one small region of the UK that I can't figure out why. Yeah, right. And then a bunch of people from South Africa. Anyway. Yeah, we get that too. We have this huge group. We're we're making deals to um, have watch parties at you know several different places around DFW. Um, we're setting up a deal with uh, a brewery yeah. um, out in Arlington, do host pregame stuff, um, allow us to shoot our shows there, doing interviews with players, coaches, and we, we've got all this in the works. And then this news today, and it's just yeah. Well, that's I mean, it's, 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 like, literally all afternoon since the announcement, my phone has been ringing, like ringing. 
And um, has the team contacted I, I, you? Have, have like those that you talk with within the organization usually have they contacted you to talk to you about yeah, it? Yeah, uh, they actually emailed us before the announcement was made public. Oh, so you were crying uh, even before it came out. <laughs> I just was in shock. I'm still I got, a little I got bit a question, Grant. What I got a question, Rick, and I, and I got to ask this: Does it seem to anybody like this organization is snake bit? Mm. It. I mean, there's only one connection throughout this entire time. <laughs> Does anybody else want to say club. it? Oh, you, uh, you no, need I'm, a new I'm GM. Not. You need a different GM. You need a GM. <laughs> you need somebody I'm not who's... Saying, I'll say it. He doesn't know me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, you, um, need, you need a different GM. Sanju needs to get you guys a GM that knows what he's doing in professional sports. Yeah, exactly. Bottom line, I'll say it. I'll say it out I, loud. I don't care. Yeah, I don't. I say I don't care. I don't. I don't. I mean, this is Rick. You, you, it's okay. You can play a good cop. You got two bad cops over here. Now, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying that the GM is the problem no. and why this season got delayed. But no. yeah. the club is snake bit. And there's one, like you said, there's one thing that connects all of those things together. Single thread. So anyway. At some point, you so got to cut bait. One thing that, yeah. that's promising is, based on my conversations, um, this is not – well. So one thing that's promising and one thing that's not very promising. One promising is that um, they will have they will be calling me back in March about prices on season tickets. So that means that they are not firing, they're dismantling the organization right away. And, and they've got a very thick organization. They, yeah, they, man, they got people up and down there. I, yeah, I have a hard time believing that they're going to go away. As long as, you know, vaccinations are available, there's safety um, going into 2022, which I'd be very surprised there isn't. Yeah. Um, that we're in a different place, that we are normalized, that we the dial shackles will be playing in 2022. Um, and one of the things I talked about very early on with the shackles was, why aren't they doing a preseason sort of like what New England did and, and Old Glory did? DC, yeah. In, yeah, and in playing playing a a you know one year preseason, yeah, or actually joining as a, as a full time. I mean, is it, that's not cheap, and is that in the business plan? Yeah, and I would say in their case, it's yeah. probably no, it's probably not. not in the business. Plan. Yeah, well, it's you, you gotta, I, I think I about everything that's happened too. Like you know, you've got players with that the are in Dallas. Yeah, they had with the understood group that they had, they could have transitioned easily to doing that. Yeah. Especially well, with then, the young players, that they, had. they weren't bringing in a bunch of big names from overseas. They could have easily have done this with the players that they were signing. But the COVID bubbles might, that the that the have to put into place are expensive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and you know, the whole MLR is looking at that, going, "Wow, this is this is something else." I yeah. mean, it, it is not cheap at all. No. Yeah, I don't know what LA does. I'm not sure they can play in their home stadium. I'm not sure. Well, again, LA and San Diego is a question because of yeah. who knows if they'll be able to play like, right. Um, just the locations and um, Toronto is another questionable place. Right. Just, yeah. It sounds like, well, it sounds like Toronto's already committed to playing in New York or yeah. somewhere nearby Pennsylvania. 
Is that it? Oh, I don't know. I was just saying Pennsylvania. So Pennsylvania. Oh, I, I'm actually, hearing, I'm hearing uh, Buffalo uh, slash Syracuse potentially. Yeah, that, that's that's one that's one place I thought. But I also said, why not just go to Ohio? Like Toronto is like an eight hour drive, if that from yeah, from, from Columbus. Yeah. Like they so they've so got what kind of, anyway. What kind of news do you think we'll be talking about this time next month? From Dallas or just so, from, yeah, just MLR, this, the MLR. this is the first ball that MLR could have a, a canceled season because vaccinations are not coming out quick enough. Yeah, and, and I know we've got really What's that? What's that, Grant? Sorry, Rick. For those of you listening, uh, Rick's connection is going in and out because Rick is on AOL. And Rick is probably, uh, he's probably on his third uh, uh, goblet of Maretsu. Oh, yeah. Rick has been drinking homebrew the entire time. If you can't, if you can't see, and you know what, it's fine. Let 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 him drink away his sorrows. But uh, but yeah, I'll let you all continue this conversation because I, I don't really want to talk about the jackal's disappointment. Uh, you're good, man. Listen, I, I think that. It's it, it sucks, right? Like we all like we were excited had that. Uh, somebody on Facebook asked, and it was a joke. It is like, will Rick be leaving Texas Rugby Monthly because Dallas doesn't have a team? <laughs> Dude, that was hilarious. But oh, yes, no, no, he's not. It's it's uncalled for. No, Rick, Rick stays on. <laughs> we like Rick. Um, but I've still got I've still got the Twins and the Reds. There you go. Two proud organizations HTRU yeah. to talk about. But but I think it is. You know, there's there's who knows what's going to happen in the next month, right? It's yeah, you know, as you said, like this this was big news. Like this is, you know, they they had everything going on and we're now down down a team in the west um he's gonna go grab his hat just that boy uh or does he get his mask is this is a jackal mask oh man hold on a second here we're oh, gonna make wow. sure we're, that's wow we're gonna put that on i mean i literally i painted this i painted this <laughs> that would have been lit. That would have been lit. But that is awesome. That's what, that's what the kids say. That would have been lit. Uh, uh, but Grant, you asked. Hey, I, what I'm, do, I'm, I'm yeah. What, what are we going to be talking about in a month? I don't know. Um, what, we, we'll be talking it's rugby in one, one form or another. Right What's that? It's a it's lot of it's right now. So. Yeah. And it's worse because a lot of the places where we have teams are hot spots. Yeah. You know, major cities. That's that's a hot spot. So I don't know, well, guys. Man, I don't. We've had fun tonight. Yeah, we, we, except we, for Rick. Except for Rick. Except yeah. for Rick. <laughs> Rick's had fun I mean, drinking this homebrew. This is making it a little bit better. But, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be fair about that. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's. It, there's a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about next time. Um, I think you know we'll talk about next time about the disbursement draft that will happen with the Jackals players. Um, which who knows what will happen there. Um, we'll hey, talk I about. Just wanna see our, I just want to see the hometown boys come to Houston. How is that? How anyway, is that even going to work? I don't all the, know. All the teams have signed almost all their players. I, yeah, it's I, a good I, thing that for our players and development players, I guess. So, so if the money's already in escrow for the player salaries, which it should have been, what? I said, well, I said yeah, they can go anywhere. They, 
Yeah, it's just a matter of where they're going to go. I'd love to see Tellus and Mooneyhan come to Houston. <laughs> I know Mooneyhan's already living in Houston, and Tellus, you know, his family's here. Yep. So I'd love to see them in Houston for a season. That would be a great thing for th- for those individual players. Um, I'm sure that uh, you know we move some of those other players around the union. I bet we're going to have, which is what happened, you know, with Year DC one. and. So, yeah, I mean, we've done that all throughout the time here is we've moved players around like that. Yeah. So I think it's really a good thing for the union in order to get that in. So, so, well, it's, it's lots to talk about and man, not ending on a kind of a, a, a sad note. Like it kind of, kind of yeah. sucks, sucks for Rick, but, but Rick, Rick, we're with you. Cheers. Cheers. I, I got nothing left. Cheers. Cheers for all of you listening. We, we greatly appreciate it. I got no special sign off today. Is this kind of a man kind of crappy, but Hey, we, hey we, hopefully we, next time we're talking about season. We're talking, actually we'll, happening. We'll, we'll talk about a season that's happening. We appreciate everybody joining on the podcast, on the video and on audio. Don't forget like, and subscribe, follow us on everywhere. Follow us at Texas rugby monthly on the new Facebook page that we got too. You can see these three smiling faces every single month until next time. Gentlemen, have a good one. You too, Dustin. See ya.